0: Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada. Today is an issue of Prada Potpourri, where I round up some links from the internet I think you might find interesting and post them all in one blog. Well, we are now in the deep throes of winter, And up north, there are blizzards, and even down here in the south, there are frigid temperatures. It's a January day. I like winter in Georgia, but many Georgians do not. They're used to the hot summers, where I, being from New England, am not fond of 100-degree heat. But the Lord created seasons, each for their time. I love to see the progression of seasons and their changes through the calendar. And I think of Jesus sustaining it all with the power of his word. Hebrews 1.3 says, And he is the radiance of his glory and the exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. And as for seasons, Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Let's be grateful that the Lord created it all and upholds it all and, as Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Well, on to the potpourri roundup of links. This past October, the United States pulled out of Afghanistan, a war that we had entered and which ended in defeat for us. Our pullout was chaotic and it left behind a good many Americans stranded and alone. Worse, the pullout also left behind some Christians who are now at the mercy of hostile religious forces. I saw the following tweet, which you'll have to see on the blog, and it had been retweeted by noted missionary Paul Washer, so I believe it's credible. Our brothers and sisters are still in Afghanistan. If even we have forgotten that they're there, and many of them likely are suffering. I'll read um, what the tweet says. It's a photo uh, screenshot of a letter that has been officially translated and passed along from a trusted Afghan brother. And it says, continuing the previous notice of the Mujahideen of the Islamic Emirate, you are instructed to present your children so-and-so and and -and so-and-so names are blacked out, who have converted from Islam to the obsolete religion of Christianity, to the muhajid of the Islamic Emirate for discussion as soon as possible. You do not have the right to complain about harm to your family members or your property. It's a screenshot of a scary letter that I'm sure any Christian parent receiving would be quick and quail to receive. Justin Peters has begun uh, another series. It's called Why Are Charismatics So Weird? His introduction video is about 15 minutes long, and it includes a segment about Holy Spirit Activate, which... Many charismatics, you know, sing or chant. Anyway, they forget Ananias and Sapphira. They forget that the spirit told the Antioch church to set aside Barnabas. The spirit told Philip to speak to the eunuch. The spirit needs no one to, quote, activate him. Every regenerate Christian on the face of the planet has been touched by the Holy Spirit. So, activate. He already is busy. This next one is a blog post from Team Pyro, and it's an oldie, but a goodie. It's about dressing mercifully. And it's written by... I think it's by Dan Phillips. And it was reposted recently and it concerns men's eyes and how women dress for church. And um, here's a quote from Dan Phillips. Unless I'm happily mistaken, some good Christian sisters will not dress as helpfully as they could. You can read the post for more good thoughts from Dan Phillips on that one. And just as a side note, Pyromaniacs blog put out some really good content for years upon years. And just because they've stopped writing the the guys, Phil Johnson and Dan Phillips um, and others, doesn't mean that the content um, has gone away and it doesn't mean the content is obsolete. It's really good. Now, next issue, raising hands in worship, biblical practice or conditioned behavior. We are asked in this essay from G3, Chris King, author. Sometimes us Baptists are called the frozen chosen because we don't move or dance or raise our hands when the singing comes on or the praying or anytime, really. We're accused of limiting our personal worship experience by not so-called letting loose. Some people even go to an extreme and claim that raising holy hands is mandated from the Bible. But is it? Is it really? Chris King from G3 takes a look from the Bible on the issue of raising hands during the church service. I found it, an interesting article, and I hope you do too. It's an issue that's rarely explored biblically, so here's your opportunity. Next issue. I love all things creation. I used to be an adult pagan who looked at the world and knew, just knew, it was not made by an impersonal bang. But... It was confused as to its origins. My, how I was spiritually relieved and completely satisfied when I learned the truth, that God made it. So I am, of course, a fan of the creation ministry, Answers in Genesis. Ken Ham, who is the founder of Answers in Genesis, recently wrote a family curriculum slash devotional that I'd like to bring to your attention. It's called Creation to Babble by Ken Ham. And his summary blurb says, quote, in a society mired in godlessness and humanism, parents are given the high calling of raising children who will know the truth, live the truth, and take the truth into the next generations. In Creation to Babel, today's Christian family will find a unique commentary on Genesis 1-11 to to ensure the biblical foundation is established in their children's hearts, perfect for family devotions and Bible studies. So that sounds like a good one. I recommend it because I recommend the ministry itself, even though I qualify that by saying I've not read Ken Ham's curriculum, but I'm sure it's a good one. I have one more link from Karm.org, Christian Apologetics and Research Ministry, that says, Can we trust the Bible as a historical document? You bet we can. Here is um, the blurb from karm.org on that one. Can we trust the New Testament? Many people do not believe that the Bible is a reliable document of history. But the fact is, the Bible is very trustworthy as a historical document. When we compare the biblical documents to any other historical document, we would see the Bible is in a class by itself, regarding the number of ancient copies and their reliability, unquote. And then karm.org has a chart um, at their site comparing and explaining why the Bible is so very reliable. Well, I hope that you find one or all of these links um, interesting or edifying or otherwise worthwhile. And meanwhile, I'll say, Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of the End Time Blog Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Prada, hoping you have had so far and will have a great day.